0: Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. we're so going
1: to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and the last time in chapter 9, We saw Paul talk about his rights as an apostle and his benefits on being a minister. Um, Really, chapter 9 is a good continuation of chapter 8 and 10, which we're starting tonight. follows right along with 8 and 9. So it really reads as a letter, um, just as Paul intended it to be. Um, But let's backtrack slightly to the end of chapter 9. It says, therefore I run, thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So everything that we have read so far from 8, and that we're going to see tonight through 10 is about all about Christian liberty. We looked at the liberties that you choose to deny yourself, to be a blessing to others, but there's another part to that. There's a part about being too free with that liberty, and that is the danger it does to yourself. With what I read there, Paul basically starts that thought, sort of like he's running a race and notices he cannot finish, he would not be able to finish that race if he's not disciplined, if he's not in shape, if he's not um, ready for it. And we all know that we will not be able to get anywhere if we run a real marathon if we're not in shape, if we're not disciplined in, and practiced. Um, so I was thinking as I was reading this and studying this that there has to be some kind of lesson in this because there always is some, some kind of lesson. How do you approach, how do we approach our relationship with the Lord with this amazing freedom but what do you do with that freedom? Ever heard of you give an inch and they take a mile? Many people take advantage of that liberty, abuse the freedom. But yet, Paul says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest if I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified that leads us to some of these lessons from the Old Testament. At the top of the section in my Bible, it says Old Testament examples. I would like to think of those as examples to stay away from as we go through our Christian walk. You know, the Bible has so many good examples, so many good things that we could look at, great people of faith, but the Bible always gives also some failures, some people who made some mistakes, who, who messed up. The great, thing, the great thing about examples is that you can learn from those mistakes and those bad examples and not make them yourself. Bible talks about a foolish person that doesn't take those lessons and learn from them. Talk about a wise man taking those lessons and examples and learning from them. So let's look at the lessons and learning how to use our freedom, not only to benefit others, but to avoid those dangers that we can find ourselves in. So starting in Verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses and in the clouds and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So it starts with moreover, you know, so it's like a continuation from nine. Now, all these Old Testament examples may not make sense to many if you aren't familiar with the stories, but the common denominator in here is all. All. Your fathers all were baptized, all ate from the same food, all drank from the same, all the same spiritual drink. So they all experienced these privileges. Now, in a way, we could say that we all experienced some privileges. If you trust in the Lord, you're so to speak under the cloud. The cloud in that Old Testament was the presence of God in a visible way for His people. He want, but He wanted to walk by faith now. A lot may say it was easier back then to have a visible component, but even though they had that back then, their hearts were still not in the right place. The hearts were still amiss somewhere. But we have something far superior than that and we have the Lord Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in which God's presence can be always with you. So as we have so as we have something like this through the clouds but he also says we pass through the sea. Now the idea of passing across the Red Sea, separated the world from them. They escaped from Egypt. God empowered them to come out of Egypt. They identified with Moses, and they were baptized into Moses, who was God's representative on the earth at the time. When you're baptized... We're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it represents to the world that I'm dead to the world. I'm going under the water. Hopefully I'll come back up. And when I come back up, I'm a new person in the Lord. That old you is washed away. But, you know, baptism gets a lot of talk about the process of it. When do I do it? How do I do it? Is it a sprinkle? Is it a dunk? Is it a, you know? But when it comes down to it, it's just truly understanding that you're making a conscious effort and a conscious choice on your own to identify with Jesus. So you're saying goodbye to the world and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. Now also, we see that they ate from the same spiritual food. And that food was chicken wings. No. Manna. And if you remember the story in Exodus 16, the Lord said, I would rain down bread for you to gather each day, but they didn't know what this was. They didn't know what it was. So, it was And it only came when they were in the wilderness. So it was actually spiritual food. So that's something else that they all had the privilege to have all the food. And they all drank from the same spiritual drink. Now, in the Old Testament, the Lord spoke to Moses and told him to gather everybody to the rock, speak to the rock, and then spike strike the rock and <clears throat> water will come out. And so we did. But then later on, which is funny, they all were able to enjoy all this water, all this awesome water that they needed. But unfortunately later on, they were complaining again that they were thirsty and Moses again did the same thing with the rock and it came gushing out again. It numbers 20. And how amazing is that? How merciful is the Lord that even through all of that doubt and all that complaining he was still merciful to provide him with that awesome water and all that other privileges. So the rock was a type of Jesus to them who gushed all that water out. Going on to uh, verse 5, it says, But with most of them, God was not pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So it's crazy to think that with all those privileges... And with all these blessings, you would think that they would be more pleasing to God, more thankful to God. But yet, they weren't. And what's even more crazy is that there was only two that made it to the whole time through the wilderness. The rest were scattered all over the wilderness. So, that really displeased God and disciplined them Severely for their never-changing disobedience. God struck them down in the wilderness, but that's a lesson for all of us. Being given all these blessings and all of God's kindness is no guarantee to avoid is sometimes he has to discipline us and get us back on the right track which is, again, an awesome thing to to think about when when it truly matters and you're truly struggling and you're truly maybe sort of being rebellious and turning your back on him. He will always be there to not turn his back on you, and it's very comforting to know. Verse 6, it says, Now these things became our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolizers, idolers as we some, as were some of them. And it is written, The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complain and was destroyed by the destroyer. So Paul wants us again to learn from the Israelites' bad examples and failures. How did they fail? They couldn't control their desires. So Paul warns them not to desire evil things as they did, specifically to avoid idolatry and sexual immorality and complaining led to their downfall, and they can lead to ours as well if we're not careful. That's why we have to continuously be in the word and continue to... I, I always uh, like the verse about um, being company corrupts good morals. I believe that that's very uh, a good good verse to commit to your heart and to your mind because we could get pulled into a lot of worldly stuff if we are really around people like that, and they don't care about the Lord. And if you and if you hang out with them, it's quite easy to fall into that same mindset. So it's just something you have to uh, be careful of. That you don't get sucked into all that. In verse 11 it says, Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our Admitted admission. Upon whom, the ends of the age have come. So Paul tells us that these things happened as examples, and were written for for our instruction on what not to do. How cool is that? That we have a little manual on how to have a pleasing walk with the Lord. And we should take that warning from the bad examples because how bad would it be if we have all these warnings and we choose not to heed them? And then when things go bad, the first thing we do is blame God. When in reality, we have to look in the mirror and and sort of Change our hearts. Pray that your heart gets changed. And you look at these examples and not do them. Read read through the scripture. Find the good examples. Find the good examples that people have done, and try to emulate that. Um, because your walk is too important to to not work on. The relationship with the Lord. Is something that he really, really wants. He really wants you guys, everybody, me, everybody, to, to have a relationship with him. To, he really wants you to seek him. He really wants you to talk to him every day. Even if you don't think you have really anything much to say, it's important for, to him that you continue to reach out. the consequences are higher for any believer who chooses not to follow the sinful examples that were talked about here. Verse 12 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. So this is where the good lesson that we could take with us. He who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. This is where pride can get in the way of your your walk and your relationship with the Lord. If you think you're good without the Lord, if you think you're good on your own and you have nothing to worry about, be careful that's when your guard comes down against temptation and we may easily fall. Temptations and trials come to all Christians but know for certain you're not alone and nobody can say that they experience a temptation worse than anybody else. God reminds us that we all have faced with the similar similar temptations and have found and have found the strength in God to overcome those temptations. But never fear, God is faithful. He, who, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. No temptation nor trial will be too overpowering because Christians have the freedom to choose what is good. God will give us the strength to say no to temptation. And if you fall into a trouble with saying no, there's many things that could be done. There's first and foremost prayer. Prayer is i feel the most one of the most important things that you could do pray for strength pray for wisdom with that trial another thing is talking to people who are like mind believers as yourself for counsel read his word if you read if you read the word um a lot of times, that temptation just by the end of that is not even in your head anymore because all the good stuff that you read in the Bible trumps all the stuff that is tempting you, and then just you know just remember that the Lord is there. The Lord is there to take any of that temptation and just wipe it away. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to say no to temptation and pass the test and continue on that walk that He wants us to be in. He wants us to continue to be running towards that finish line which is eternity with Him. And that's what everybody has to keep their their mind on. I have to continuously get up every morning and pray that I continue to press on, keep looking forward to the end of of the finish line, and keep running for the prize, which is eternity with Him. And there's nothing better than thinking about the time where I... Stand face-to-face with my Creator. And that's what keeps me going in the right direction. Let's pray.
0: You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields.